Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always, as we continue our player review slash preview series for the rest of the offseason. Last time we talked about Nathan McKinnon and his incredible season. Today, we're going to be talking about someone who had arguably an even crazier season with Miko Rantanen and probably should have gotten more heart love than he ended up getting by the end of the year. 105 points, 55 goals, did not miss a single game. And despite how the Seattle series turned out, Miko Rantanen was a animal in that series. From game one to game 89, Miko Rantanen was unstoppable. Yeah, he he simply was like, you can have the honest debate of who the Avs MVP was last year between McKinnon and Rantanen. My vote goes to Rantanen just because he kept this team afloat when everyone else got hurt. What he did last year, I think, was he finally put all of it together. Like, we knew he could do this. It wasn't a question of if, it was just when. And last year was the season where everything came together for him, and he exploded. Like, we had been talking on the show for what, I've been doing it for two years, Miko Ranton was going to hit 50 goals eventually. He just was going to. He has that talent, and his wrist shot is one of the best in the league. He finally gets it done. I believe he broke the Avs franchise record for goals in a season. Yes. Yes. So what Miko Rantanen did last year was nothing short of MVP level play. And the fact he didn't get any recognition for it is just kind of funny to me. But also we talked about in the McKinnon where everyone just thinks the Avs are better than they are. Like they have all the talent in the world, so they don't get the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Miko Rantanen last year was an animal. And it was one of the few things when we go back to last year's uh, preview series, it's one of the few things we got right is that Miko Ranton was going to put it all together. Cause we've been talking for a while. It's like Miko Rantanen is awesome, but there is another level to his game that he hasn't hit yet for whatever reason. And this needs, needs to be the season that he breaks into the top 10 player in his position category. And he smashed that this season. We both predicted he'd hit 50. He smashed 50 and was, for my money, the most important player on this team last season. Because there were points that Nathan McKinnon was not available. And Miko Rantanen was consistent from start to finish. In the past, consistency had been a little bit of a frustration with him. There were times where he just seemed like an unstoppable force of nature. And this year, game in and game out, he was fantastic. From game one, like I said, to game seven against Seattle, there was no stopping this guy. It It is. I think that was a fair criticism of Miko Ranton. There were times in years past where it looked like he was just going through the motions of the game. Yeah. And, it looked like he was like saving himself. Yeah. And he's finally starting, or he finally this past year did it all year long. If, if, if there was one complaint, I felt like sometimes he was too engaged in the game. Remember, there was a point in the year where like he was yelling at refs every night. Not just like yelling, but like in their face yelling at yeah. them. Yeah, and... in the McKinnon episode, we talked about one thing we we want to see them improve. We can just knock this one out of the way right now. 
that's got to stop the yeah. the yelling at the refs thing. A lot of times, pretty justified. You still can't do it. And there were several points in the season where I was here saying that you're never going to get these calls if you keep doing this. They're not going to suddenly hear this and be like, oh, he's got a point. We're going to stop doing this now. All the refs talk. They all talk to each other and they're humans and they're petty and they're going to continue to make calls against you if you're constantly in their face. So to just totally knock out one thing that Ranton needs to fix, stop that. You don't need to be in the ref's face. You don't, but also like you got to find, you just have to find that happy medium because I think uh, like what happened is he was more engaged in the game. So that type of shit pissed him off more. So like, dude, just find the happy medium where it's like you're engaged in the game, but also you don't have to be yelling at refs non-fucking stop. That's where he needs to be. Um, I mean, if I'm looking for one thing to Miko to improve on, like it's tough, man. I, I, I thought his playmaking skills were a lot better this year. His goal scoring was obviously up. Um uh, this could be you're going to need him to continue to step up and becoming more and more of a vocal leader for this team with with Landis Gog being out again, like you're going to need guys like Miko Rantanen to continue to step up and take leadership in that room. And he's taken massive strides in that. But I think that's one thing he can continue to improve on. Yep, I totally agree with that. I mean, you look throughout his career, Rantanen has just constantly taken the next step in terms of production year by year by year. And now, I mean, it's crazy to think that Rantanen's only 26 years old and he's going to turn 27 in late October this year. It's not crazy to think that this might have just been the start of Miko Rantanen's dominance on the wing because he's been a fantastic player basically from his sophomore season in the NHL. But now we could really start to see him emerge into the not just one of the best wingers category, but really start to break into like the Nikita Kucherov, one of the best players category. I, I mean, that sounds crazy to say, but the Avs could potentially have three players where it's like on this team next year where you could make a legitimate case that they're the best player on the ice. You could. Yeah. And I, I think Mika Renton, like you said, every year he's done that. In I mean, the, the year they won the cup, 92 points. He he was just phenomenal in that. What did he miss games for? Am I, what am I forgetting? Why did he miss games in the cup here? In the cup here? I mean, he only missed, what, seven? Yeah, he missed seven, but I just don't remember what they were. He could have easily hit 45 goals. Well, 40, more than likely, if he played all 82. Um, like, he's just constantly improved every single year. And, like, you look at 2019, 2020, I remember that. He had a shoulder injury that kept him out, I think, two months uh, for yeah. that year. That's why he only had 20 goals. Still but barely under a point per game. Yeah, barely under a point per game. He's going to continue to be a point per game player. Do I think he can continue this 55 goals? That's to to be determined. I I, I don't know. 55 goals is a lot of fucking goals. I know we talked about in the last episode where it's just become the norm, but 55 goals is a lot of fucking goals. I don't know if he can repeat that, but I think he's going to safely be in that 45 to 50 range for at least the next three to four years. Yeah, I mean, because look, coming into this season, Miko hadn't even hit 40 before and we we would have been happy if he had 40 goals this season but it got to a point where he was just such an unstoppable force that he was scoring every single night and ended up finishing the season having played every single game for the first time in his career and finishing with 55 goals and now i'd say the expectation is probably yeah 50 goals again now that he's shown that he can do it and i'm not really worried about like shooting percentage regression or anything like that because even when he's scoring like 36, 30 goals, he's still shooting at 14, 15, 16%. I mean, we're talking a grand 2% difference between this and his his career average. 
some guys are just really good at putting pucks in the net. So even if he doesn't hit 55, I'm not expecting a, a massive drop-off. And shit, let's have let's talk the other way. Maybe he goes above 55 this time. That'd be absurd. But I'm looking at it too. Like, I don't know if you saw this in his stats too. Look at his shot attempts in every year. They've increased every year since 2020. He, 2020, tw- in the shortened season, he had 177. 2021, 2022, he had 254. This past year, 306, which is a pretty significant increase in shot attempts for him. And when you have a wrist shot like Miko Rantanen, shoot the fucking puck more, man. Like, this is what's going to happen when you shoot the puck. So I do think that if he goes over 55, it wouldn't surprise me. But I also think he's just going to comfortably be in that 45-50 goal range for the rest of his time with Carl Avalanche. Like, okay, that's a little dramatic. At least the next three to four years. It's like I think he's it's probably for the rest of his late 20s and early 30s. I think yeah. you can comfortably expect Rantanen to hit out of floor 40 goals a season. Yeah, and that's... That's phenomenal, dude. That that is really you good. don't get that. You don't yeah. get that that other than super elite players like Miko Ranson. For some players, hitting 40 goals once is a benchmark in their career. And for Ranson, and if he if he finished the season at 40 goals, we'd be disappointed. Yeah. I, 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 I just shook my head because I just laughed because like you said earlier, it feels like Miko Ranson has been on the abs forever. He's only played 490 games in the NHL. <laughs> like he's still a young player. Uh, it's crazy to think he hasn't even hit 500, 500 games yet, but he's at 220 goals for his career. I think there's a real possibility he can get to 500. I do. Yeah. Oh my, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel like this year was a year where you really start to feel like the Avs have potentially three hall of famers on their team right now. Cause for McKinnon and McCarr, it just seemed like from, Right when McKinnon broke out in the year he should have won MVP, you could feel that he was on that trajectory. With McCarr, it's been since day one that (laughs) I'd be stunned if that guy's not a Hall of Famer someday. With Rantanen, he's always been elite. But this was the year when he took that next step into, oh, this could be someone very special. One of the best finished players in the NHL and one of the best players at his position in the NHL. Because even before this season, we were having the conversation of who is the best right winger in the NHL. And we came up with Pasternak and, you know, is Marner? Yeah, Marner's a, a right winger. But for my money right now, I'd say it's David Pasternak, Nikita Kucherov. Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think you could make, I always forget, dude, why do we keep forgetting about Kucherov? We did on the last episode too. I always forget about Kucherov. Well, I, is... I, I sorted the, the thing I was looking at wrong. Oh, so gotcha. it didn't show up on it. So that, I'm not actually, gotcha. I don't get all this off of my head. I'm very much looking at cheat sheets yeah. the entire time. I, I forgot, but like Pasternak had a year of all years last year. And so did Miko Rantanen. I, I think you could, there could be a healthy debate about who's better Pasternak or Rantanen. I think right right now it's Pasternak for sure. But Rantanen is definitely close. I mean, Pasternak, you don't get to have the season Pasternak had last year. Not be the best of your position, but that's not an insult to Miko Rantanen who did a lot with not as much as David Pasternak. That's the point I was going to get as look at who fucking Pasternak was playing with last year. And we're going to, and we're going to see this year is can David Pasternak, do that without Bergeron. I'm sure he's going to be elite and probably still at worst top three right winger in the league. Can he do that without Patrice Bergeron though? His center is going to be Pavel Zaka, dude. So that's going to be tough for him. 
but, but I think be, that's but to be fair, for most of the time, Ranton and center is Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like that's that's totally fair. It's a fair, fair thing. But it's for me what Ranton did last year when he was playing with Charles Houdon and John Luke Foodie, I, I think puts him a little bit over of what Pasternak did. Uh and to get back to your point of the Avs having potential three Hall of Famers, I completely agree with you in the fact that if Rantanen continues on this, it's not like this type of pace. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, like he's he, going to be. He, he's going to be. And I, I look at it more too as like, will this player have their number retired? That's really where I kind of look at. And right now there's two locks. McKinnon's going to get retired. I think McCarr, if he retired today, would probably have his number retired. That That's just me personally. Um and I think Miko Rantanen and Gabe Landeskog are kind of right there for the next two. I could see Landy getting it more just because he was the captain. But I can def I can definitely see Miko getting it. I yeah, think no. for Jersey retirements, it's like players that defined an era. I think we had this conversation when we talked about Eric Johnson yeah. a while ago. It was like, what's the criteria for Jersey retirement? And if Rantanen continues on this path and helps continue to define this generation of the Avalanche. You could very easily see four players getting their jerseys retired. Depends if Landis Cobb comes back, but we can get into that in a different time. That's a different time. That, we I'd could say, go for like 40 minutes about that. If yeah. we did that. <laughs> I'd say right now, yeah, you've got three players on pace to have their jerseys retired and probably be Hall of Famers one day. And it's because Rantanen took that next step this season into not just elite, but superstar, like generation defining superstar, like one of the elite players in the game, stepped up his game on both ends of the ice. He, is he the best defensive player in the world? No, but, but he, he, used to be he was a lot better. Worse. Yeah, he, he was way better be, last year. He used to be much worse in his own zone. This year, he was fine. He was pretty good, actually, I would say. Well, and that comes along with him being more engaged in the game. Right. Like, there were points during the regular seasons past where Rantanen would go on these tears. And then you, you don't hear from him every now and again. It'd be really frustrating because that's supposed to be one of your guys that carries you night in and night out. And this year, he was that guy, unequivocally. Night in and night out, Miko Rantanen could be relied upon whether Nathan McKinnon was in the lineup or not. He produced every single night, essentially. And for a lot of games was the reason we won, the sole reason that we won. Yeah. <laughs> I just laugh at how crazy last year was in that month of December where it was like, Oh yeah. Miko Ranson's playing online with Charles Sudan and John Luke foodie. Like that's, that's just where we're at. And he was still solid in all those games. And I, I think it's safe to say he is a superstar in the league now. He like he's, he's one of, I think top 10 is a little bold. I don't know if he's top 10 in the league, but he's, he's probably in that 12 to 13 range of players. I'd, I'd probably agree with that as well. I mean, you're just, you're factoring so many players yeah. at that. No, point. That's what I'm saying. Like it, you could make the case from be top 10, but I, I think he's more like when NHL network does their top 50 players, I wouldn't be surprised if Miko Rantanen falls in like the 12 to 15 range. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he was what last year, eighth in point scoring and everything like that. But I'm sure a guy like Jack Hughes and Braden point, there's going to be guys that get the center boost. Right. And I think that's going to, it's going to factor in, but what Miko Rantanen did is he did put himself in that conversation where yeah. He he was he was a fringe top 20 guy, and now it's like, okay, he's cemented as a top 20 guy and pushing to be a top 10 guy. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or fit or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50. 10 leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, and in terms of wingers in the NHL, might be one of the best. Like in the conversation with Pasternak, with Matthew Kachuk, with Nikita Kucherov, he's very much in that. And if he has another season like this again, it's curtains. Yeah, it, it it's it's not good. And we we hinted at it. Like the part that sucks about him taking all these steps. Can you imagine what he's going to do in his contract year? <laughs> hopefully win a lot of awards and a stanley cup yeah because that dude is going to get fucking paid and he, if he continues to have if he has another two years like this he earned he earned it he absolutely earned it so i just there's no world where i see Mako ranton and not playing for the colorado avalanche it's just going to be does he take like a little bit of a hometown discount and like what and in two years with the cap going up what yeah. is that and yeah, like is, is, he, is a hometown discount 12? <laughs> I was thinking is a hometown discount 13. Like yeah, I, was that, thinking, I was thinking that too. Yeah, like it's going to be interesting. I, I think Miko Ranton's gonna play his entire like career with the ass. Yes, there, so, I have zero concern that Miko Rantanen is going to ever play for anyone else. I mean, we'll see when he's like 37, 38, right. but like for the prime of his career for his next contract. It is a point zero 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 one percent chance that Rantanen walks away from this team. That's not a player you let walk. If anything, no. I I'd be surprised if we even got to the contract year. I think he's probably just going to get extended the next summer. I'd be cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. That would save me a lot of stress. The little hair I have on top of my head still, I would I would be able to keep it. So, it's it's going to be interesting. Do you think? This next year, is there any world where you see him getting in that MVP conversation? Because like you said, it's tough. It's tough for wingers to get in there because centers get all the shine. And it was kind of an anomaly with Kachuk and Pasternak being heart finalists this past year. So is there a world where you see him finishing in that top three? Is there a world? Yes. But if he couldn't break into the conversation last year with everything that he was doing, I have a tough time seeing him not only passing McDavid, but also McKinnon on the same team for the, the season we just predicted Nathan McKinnon to have. 
it's hard to even say like, yeah, this is going to be the most, even the second most valuable player on his own team. It's, it's Third. a tough conversation. Yeah. Like, it, it's, like it's tough. Yeah. Th- that's the hard part about being a winger is because when Miko Ranton is scoring, guess who's usually getting the primary assist on that? Yeah. Nathan McKinnon. So I still think if he can get to like, do you think he can get more than 105 points? Like I, I still think there's opportunity for his playmaking skills when it comes to assists. Like I could see him getting 60 assists in the season. I could. I think you can comfortably predict he's going to hover around a hundred points for the rest of his career. I mean, not everyone can do the Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid thing and Leon Dreisaitl, where you're just constantly eclipsing 100 points and have that ability. You have to remember, like, 100 points is a benchmark. Right. And very few players, last year was an anomaly, where you have so many players getting to 100 points. You had a defenseman hit 100 points <laughs> last year. Like, that that does not ever happen. You had 11 players last year hit 100 points. So even if Rantanen can't get 105 again, even if he hits 98, it's not that big a deal at the end of the day. I think he's going to get 50 points. I still think he gets to 100 just because he is that kind of player now. And I think there's going to be more help around him that's going to help him generate more points because he, yeah, he was healthy the entire season. There was a point of the season where his line mates were Alex Newhook and Charles Houdon. You almost say Alex so, Alex knew who Don. I don't really know what I was going to say there. I'm not <laughs> I think you were about to, and you're like, you caught yourself. That was that was good. That was good. Yeah, Gouch, Houdon, did yeah, I don't know what I was trying to say there anyway. The smorgasbord right. of Eagles players. I got I got it right in the end. But yeah. with Rantanen, yeah, he was playing with Newhook and Houdon and still scoring. Yeah. So you give him McKinnon or even Ryan Johansson at that point is gonna be better for him. Or give him his own line, have him center his own line. That might be a possibility this season. Miko Ranson has taken that step now. And so I'm not concerned about like future for him. Yeah. He is that guy now. And I feel less worried about this season than I was going into last year. Yeah, I think like it, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I don't think he's peaked, but you've seen. I think he's just reached the level of player that he's going to be. Right. This is this is prime Miko. Rand. Right. He but, last season hit his prime, and it might get better, but he has now entered his prime. Right. And that that's where I look at it is 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 he going to have like a hundred and twenty point season? Maybe, but I think he's going to hover right around that hundred hundred and ten points for the rest I, of his career. I think our perception of points is getting very skewed. Yes. Recently, a hundred and twenty points in today's NHL. Like that's not supposed to happen. The fact that we have like five players realistically threatening for that is ridiculous. It just shows the level of competition in the league right now. And even for a winger, state like, of goaltending. <laughs> yeah. And for even for a winger like Ranton and all the talent that he has, like expecting him to even ever hit 120 points. Like I, I hope this ends up old takes exposed one day for expecting him to ever hit 120 points. Like it's imagine saying that five years ago. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. But it, it's not a bad thing to say that he's reached this point in his career. Like, this is where I think he's going to hover for the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, or at least he, the rest of his prime. Yeah. When you drafted him in 2015, you probably could say you got the second best player in the draft behind uh, Connor McDavid. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty solid. I mean, it, I don't even think that's a question. Like, I think Eichel may be able to catch him just because he's a center, but it's, it's. You look, you look at their careers, you take Miko. Yeah, hundred percent you do. Uh but yeah, it's just crazy to think he fell to ten. 
Yeah, you've got the second best player in probably the best draft since 2003. Yeah, yeah that's pretty, pretty solid. Pretty yeah. good, pretty good, pretty good work. Say what you want about the Avs drafting outside the top 10, but when they're in the top 10, they, they nail hit. it. They, they nail it. They nail it. You remember, I always laugh because the year the Avs drafted Matt Duchesne, they drafted a, a defenseman named Duncan Siemens at number nine. I'm still waiting for that guy to turn into a good defenseman. Still yeah, waiting. You, ne- you never know. Some oh, he's retired. Some, he's some retired. of them are some of them are really late bloomers. <laughs> yeah. But Miko Rantanen, I, I think it's safe to say he's he's arrived and this is where he's going to be. So what's your grade for Miko Rantanen? A plus. Okay. Full stop. I, I think it's an A plus too. It's it's these were probably the easiest grades to give out for yeah. these two players that we've started the started the reviews with he was an A plus and if you look ahead to next season i i don't even consider it if he had a, a bad year like i think he's going to go 45 and 55 45 goals 55 assists i think he still gets to 100 points i just don't know if he can get 50 again just because if mckinnon's healthy i don't imagine him being able to get 300 shots again i just don't I mean, we'll see. I th- I think he's going to get 50 again. I don't know if it's 55, but I think he's going to hit 50 again. I'm see. I'm I'm on the opposite side. I think he's going to hit 50, 100, 100 points. We'll see because I I think he's going to be higher on the on the goal scoring totals than the assist totals at the end of the day. But he's still going to be up there. I think he's going to hit 100 points. I think he's going to probably be. I'm going to say 51, 49, 51, okay. 50, 101 points just to okay. Just to make it a little uneven. I'm going to laugh so hard when he gets 102 points and you're just going to be a point off. I would take it because that means yeah. he put it. Yeah. I, it, it's going to be interesting because if he plays with Druan, you could see those goal numbers go up if Druan's really the playmaker that we're expecting him to be. If Druan works out, that could be a huge thing where you see yeah. a puck distributor like Druan dishing pucks to McKinnon and Ranton, and you could see realistically their goal totals go up if right. Druan works out. That's the big if. And I mean, it, it's just going to be because the way Johansson, like Ryan Johansson plays, I don't know if he'd fit with Miko Rantanen. You I know what I mean? So. Like, I, I just don't think their play styles mesh. But if Duran is what we think he can be, then it's a real possibility he could top 55 goals, Rantanen. Because the thing is, is if, if Duran can pass as well as people say he is and people are focusing on McKinnon. <laughs> Miko Ranton's going to be open a lot. Yeah. That's the so, thing that's the thing about those two is like you have McKinnon and Ranton on the same line. Good luck covering both of them. That's what it, made it, What was his 5 on 5 points last year, Ranton? At even I, strength last year I can very quickly find that. Cuz I don't think he he, he was did nice. too He was yeah. nice. He didn't feast too much on the power play, and that's really where Miko Rantanen is the best is when he's on the power play. Yeah, he had 37 uh, points on the power play. He had 68 points at even strength. Oh, my power's flickering. Oh, boy. This might get yeah. precarious here. But, yeah, he had 37 points on the power play, 68 at even strength. He had the same amount of power play points as David Pasternak, and <laughs> it's just, it's so funny looking at power play points. It's McDavid at 71, Dreisaitl at 62, and then in third is Nugent Hopkins at 53. Yeah, and then the only other person who hit fifty points on the power play was Kucherov. That's really going to piss me off when Nugent Hopkins gets ranked higher than Miko Rantanen. And like, I don't, some, some I don't think there's actually. I don't tend to give people credit. I'm going to give them enough credit that they're not going to do that. 
I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right because that that could be an interesting one. Uh, but that, that's the thing. I feel like Miko Rantan's his best on the power play, and you you'd have to imagine some points are going to come better for him on the power play. So yeah, he had 67 at five on five. Good for him, man. That's good. Yeah, the Avs are really good five on five. I mean, even strength goal scoring last year, Miko Rantanen had 42 goals, and he was only behind David Pasternak with 43. Even strength scoring, he was a monster last year. He had more than McDavid. And you want to you guess who was in fourth? You remember who was in fourth? Was it McKinnon? Carter Verhage. Oh, shit. Good for Carter Verhage, man. Yeah, That's McKinnon, awesome. McKinnon was 11th with 30 uh, even strength goals, but number one at points because he had uh, he had 47 even strength assists. Good for Nathan McKinnon, man. But that's just i i think miko ranton can repeat this past season point wise goals we'll have to see it's just going to be is he going to be given as many opportunities to score if he's playing with mckinnon the whole year um and if the depth pieces around them can set these players up so i i think really when you look at miko ranton going into next year the thing we want to see is keep being engaged in the game don't yell at the refs as much because you'll get more penalties if you stop bitching so much and just continue to be the player that you can be and that you've already showed you can be. And I, I think the, really the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah. I think we've seen Rantanen evolve into the player that he was always meant to be. And I'm less worried about that now because he's done it. And we, we went this whole episode. We haven't even talked about how good he was against Seattle. Yeah. I mean, th- that was one complaint you could have had about him was in the cup year. He he wasn't the greatest in the yeah, cup year. He, had, he was dealing with that flu. I still think he was dealing with some kind of injury. And then in against Seattle, just a, unbelievable, like just a complete monster. Seven goals in seven games, 10 points. The only reason we were in that series was because of Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon and primarily Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I just love the fact I said he was not great in the playoffs in uh, the cup year. He had 25 points in 20 games. (laughs) Like just the goal scoring wasn't there for him for some reason. Still over a point per game in the playoffs. In 70 playoff games, he has 87 points and 30 goals. Yeah, that's just hilarious that I remember that playoffs is like, oh, Miko Ranchin wasn't the greatest. Yeah, well, just because you had like seven players that were just playing out of their mind and Ranchin and scored all his goals against Edmonton. And then we look at that like, oh, I guess I guess Ranton wasn't very good in these playoffs somehow. Dude, Still, we probably said on the the preview for him last year, we were like, we need to see him be better in the playoffs. <laughs> probably did. Points. Oh, that's hilarious, man. But yeah, in the Seattle series, you're right. If, if, that series would have been over in five if it wasn't for Miko Rantanen. Yeah. You don't get like you don't get seven goals in seven games in the playoffs. Like that just doesn't happen. That's Connor McDavid type shit. Like he like, he almost he dragged that team to multiple wins in that series, two of them in Seattle. And if anyone else did anything, it would have been three because game four was Rantanen's game. Yep. He finished that. He had three points in game three. He had two goals, which I believe were both of the goals in game yep. four. And he had a goal and an assist in game six. He was unbelievable. His worst game was game two with that. They won anyway. Yeah, it's just if if. You have McKinnon and Ranton playing like that in the playoffs. This team's ridiculous, dude. Yeah, it's they, just they get just literally play. anyone to do anything ever, and they're fine as yeah. long as those two are producing at that clip. 
yeah, it's just it's crazy, man. I, I am so happy Miko Ranton's on our team. And I'm I really am interested to see what his contract's gonna be when that happens again. Because it, it's there's a lot of other good wingers that are probably gonna get paid before him. So I'm interested to see what he ends up getting. Yeah. Thankfully that is a next offseason problem when yeah. we can start talking about extension. But I don't think I have anything else about Miko, man. No. I think we're right at the 30 minute mark. So I think we are ready to wrap this one up here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll be back again probably in about two days or so talking. Probably We'll probably do it the same order last year, talking about Kale McCarr. So we'll be back then. Again, thank you very much for tuning in. Use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time when we're talking about the man himself, Kale McCarr. But until then, let's go ask.